All right, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Uh, I'm uh, your host, Will Chambers, as always. Uh, potentially a solo show today. Uh, Tyler feeling a little under the weather, so uh, he's not going to be around. Smitty may make an appearance here uh, in a little bit at some point. Not entirely sure. So now I got to be the guy that's doing this solo like Tyler has done a couple times. And I got to admit, um, not the easiest thing. He's, you know, you're just sitting here by yourself uh, talking to nobody. So uh, we're going to see how this goes. But, um, you know, just an incredible rivalry week. You know, week 13 of college football uh, was nuts. Obviously, me being a, a Michigan fan, I mean, man, I'm, I'm still smiling ear to ear uh, from that win over Ohio State on Saturday. And, uh, you know, we'll just start with that one specifically as it was the biggest matchup um, of the weekend. And, um, you know, look, there's a, in this rivalry game, you're going to get people that, that talk a lot of shit. That's never really been my style because um, I took my lumps for so many years against Ohio State that, you know, I just always felt like, OK, you know, when I win, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to my Ohio State f- friends and maybe talk a little smack. But it's not going to be anything egregious because I just took that that beating for so long. And uh, and it humbled me greatly. And so, um, but what I will say about Ohio State specifically is I do feel vindicated because if anyone, you know, for the listeners who have been uh, been with us since, you know, the start of the year and even last year. So last year going into this game, I didn't think Michigan had a shot at all. Um, they were like my best bet was to pick Ohio State. You know, I think they were favored by like nine and a half last year uh, on the road in Ann Arbor. And I was just so used to seeing Ohio State just destroy us. And so last year, that win was a surprise. This year, I've been calling it since early in the season. I was saying, hey, everyone is hyping up this Ohio State team and saying that they're the best. Some people were, were had picked them as the best team in the country, their preseason national champion. Now, I'm not saying they're not like an incredible team. Ohio State is probably one of the top five teams in the country. Um, there's some debate there right around that like four or five range. Um, but, you know, I felt like they just hadn't, they were the same team from last year. This was the exact same team from last year. An, an incredible quarterback, incredible, you know, weapons on the offensive side. Um, but even though you bring in Jim Knowles on the defensive side, I didn't feel like that was going to fix everything. Or at least I, my opinion was always, I want to see it first. And the best part about this is that they just weren't tested all year long. And so I had been saying that all season long. It's like, hey, they haven't played someone that can play physical and, and punch them in the mouth. Um, and I didn't think it was going to go well. Now, that being said, this game didn't didn't go at all how I predicted, uh, and especially in the first quarter. The first quarter of this game, Ohio State completely shutting down Michigan's run game. Um, they were they were the tougher team. They were executing better, uh, and they had a lead, and I was worried. I was really worried, to be honest with you. I was in front of my TV freaking out, saying, I, I, I think this is going to get out of control. But Michigan just kept swinging, and the defense, the defense played out of their minds um, to hold Ohio State to – you know, only 23 points and 20 of those came in the first half. I mean, only three second half points from Ohio State, just an incredible job from the Michigan defense and the offense kept swinging. And even though they couldn't run the ball early, um, J.J. McCarthy and the offense was not, you know, they, they weren't going to back down and they kept taking deep shots, uh, some couple of huge touchdowns earlier in that game to keep them in that from J.J. McCarthy to Cornelius Johnson. And so, those games or those plays kept them in it. They go into uh, you know halftime down three, and they completely dominate the second half. Uh, and that second half is more how I envisioned this whole game going, which was Michigan establishing the run game, uh, Ohio State just not being um, tough enough. Look, they're an incredibly talented team, and if they play again here, you know maybe this goes differently. I, I don't think it was a fluke. Um, 
I just don't think that that Ohio State team has the the toughness in them that you see from Michigan or from some other teams. You know, I think they're they're an extremely skilled team and a dangerous team. And when they have superior talent, a lot of times that works for them, right? That's all they really need to rely on. But they haven't had opportunities because the Big Ten is is frankly not a very good conference, right? So Ohio State hasn't had they didn't get many opportunities this year to play against really tough physical, you know, grounded, uh, grinded out teams. And that's what Michigan is. And for them to go into Columbus and just blow the doors off them in the second half and, and beat them even worse than they did last year. I mean, just incredible. I can't get over it. Uh, as a Michigan fan, I've, I've watched highlights of this game already like three times. I watched a replay of it last night. Uh, you know, these ones just don't come often, especially in Columbus. They haven't won there since 2000 and now to be two in a row, it really feels like, um, the tables have turned and that Michigan is the dominant, you know, uh, team in the conference and and that they uh, they kind of run the Big Ten now. And and when we do Wednesday show uh, with Tyler and Smitty back in the fold, I'm sure we'll dive a little bit more into it. But man, just what an incredible win for Michigan. They secure their their place in the Big Ten championship game um, and and uh, likely a spot in the playoff, even regardless of what happens in that game. That's kind of the the consensus right now is that even if even if Michigan doesn't uh, beat Purdue for whatever reason. If they're upset, they're probably still in the playoff just because of how the rest of college football has shaped up. Um, some other big games uh, that happened. We had the Iron Bowl. Um, Alabama took care of uh, of Auburn, but ended up being a push. You know, the number twenty two points right on the dot. Uh, the boys in Vegas knew what they were doing. So you know, a big win for for Alabama, no doubt. And, and especially now as they're saying, Hey, maybe we deserve a playoff spot over a one loss Ohio state team. I don't know. That's up for debate, but going to be interesting to see how things shake out with the final playoff rankings after the conference championship games uh, coming up on Saturday. Um, back to Thursday night games, the egg bowl, Mississippi state upsets Ole Miss uh, on the road. The Ole Miss offense just couldn't get it going, especially in the second half. A uh, great win for for Mike Leach and the Bulldogs. Uh, both teams finish eight and four, and uh, you know, there was an exciting game and and a good rivalry game. Again, with this being rivalry weekend, we had a lot of really good close battles with these rivalry teams, and I just love that. So big win for Mississippi State. Uh, Florida State takes care of Florida, although they do not cover at all. I mean, Florida was in that game, uh, kept swinging. What a great game that was uh, between Florida State and Florida, but. Ultimately, the Knolls come out on top at home uh, and finish with a nine and three record. And I mean, wow, just a, a really good season for Mike Norvell and that Seminoles team. And uh, excited for them next year, you know, moving forward. I, I believe Jordan Travers uh, has still has more eligibility. I don't think he's a senior, so um, that should set up really nicely for Florida State and the ACC uh, next year, especially with how the rest of the ACC is shaking out. They could be the the odds-on favorite next year, even more so than Clemson. Uh, speaking of Clemson, they lose at home to South Carolina. I believe the first the first home loss that Clemson has has had in like 40 games. They had one of the longest home winning streaks for them to lose as like a 14 and a half point favorite to their rivals, South Carolina. Um, really, really bad, bad loss for Clemson in a down year. Um, and so uh, but man, what a season for for Shane Beamer and and Spencer Rattler to turn things around. Rattler played out of his mind again. Um, I thought for sure that that Tennessee game was going to be uh, kind of the 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 exception to the rule, but turns out um, he's looking more like himself these days. At least what we expected him to be at Oklahoma, and and when he transferred to South Carolina, he had a huge game. Um, NC State takes down North Carolina. 
North Carolina with two straight losses now, even though they're already locked into the ACC championship game, championship game with Clemson. Um, two losses in a row. They lose at home to their rival NC State. That's a tough one. I mean, they just a bad year for the ACC all around. Um, nobody even sniffing the playoff there, and and rightfully so. Uh, I mean, honestly, the ACC is lower than the Pac-12 right now. Um, if you're if you're looking at the Power Five conference stuff, uh, which is crazy to to think about because preseason, I don't think anybody would have been arguing that. And now I think the ACC is is clearly the you know the worst conference of the Power Five this year. Um, to the for the Pac-12 games, uh, USC gets the win over Notre Dame in their rivalry game. They cover. Caleb Williams plays out of his mind. He is now what seems like the a lock to win the Heisman. I mean, he had a huge game. He had some Heisman moments where he's making crazy scrambles and then ultimately making the pass uh, uh, to to the open man, and they score against what is honestly a good Notre Dame team. Notre Dame really turned it around this year. They've got big wins in their resume. They took down North Carolina on the road. Uh, They took down Clemson at home. They played well against Ohio State week one, and even though they had some bad losses in there as well, um, for them to to turn the season around and, and play a really good game on the road in Los Angeles. Um, that was a big win for for Southern Cal. They're now locked into the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. So last week's show, I, I don't know how I missed this or, or I just forgot it, but this was the first year the Pac-12 moved away from two divisions and they just decided to go with the two top teams, the two uh, teams that perform the best in the Pac-12 for the championship game. So before going into that game, I thought for sure it was going to be Oregon or Washington because they're in the north, but I hadn't uh, you know, factored in that rule. And so um, there was a three-way tiebreaker between Washington, Oregon, and Utah uh, for that second place in the Pac-12. And ultimately, Utah gets the tiebreaker, and I believe it was like the fourth tiebreaker, which came down to like the, the winning percentage of their opponents in the Pac-12, the overall winning percentage. That's what it took because they all had similar... Um, turnouts for for other tiebreakers before that. So we get a rematch, and that's also big for USC because at this point, if they win, they're in the playoff because they get to avenge their only loss, which was on the road at Utah by, by just one point. And so now, you know, you get that 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 one loss essentially off your record. And with how everything else is shaken out um, in college football, they're basically a lock for for probably that four seed, assuming TCU wins, which is just incredible. And so, I mean, what a job by Lincoln Riley. Uh, first year at Southern Cal. I know it's a lot of talent. He brings Caleb Williams with him, but uh, a lot of coaches would not have done that. And so he's he's truly an elite coach. And so um, would be disastrous if they were to lose to Utah again. But even still, again, at that point, as a two-loss team, they might be in over some other people, but who, who knows? Um, TCU demolishes Iowa State. I was upset with this one because Iowa State was the one... Um, the one, you know, game that I felt really strongly about. They hadn't. They had lost all their all but one of their losses before that was by just one, you know, one score or less. And TCU had just needed all the luck in the world to get so many wins, you know, to stay undefeated. And they come out and they had like a twenty-four to nothing lead immediately in the first quarter. It was over. And so, you know, a, a huge win for TCU. And now they are at this point where no one's doubting them anymore. They're they are legit. Max Duggan is legit. Um, I think he may end up being a Heisman finalist. I don't think he has enough to win it, uh, but I think he may end up going to New York and, and deservedly so. They, they've played great on offense and defense. Sonny Dyke's probably going to win Coach of the Year at this point. Um, there's a few others that that could be in consideration. You know, uh, Lincoln Riley for sure. Uh, frankly, I think you could include Jim Harbaugh in that. He won it last year, 
Um, but again, you know, with, with all the talent Michigan lost uh, to the NFL to go in uh, 12 and 0 and, and beat Ohio state on the road, I think he's certainly in consideration as well. But at this point, Sonny Dykes has won it. Um, that's, that's just how it is at this point. And, uh, and if they go undefeated here and win the big 12 championship game, like he should be coach of the year. Cause he's done an incredible job in his first year at a major program, which is just wild. And especially considering, you know, where TCU was um, the last couple of years. So incredible job by TCU. They blow the doors off of Iowa state. Um, let's see. Georgia takes care of Georgia tech at home. They're of course locked into the sec championship game. The odds on favor to win it all. Um, and, and they're going to end up with that one seat. Uh, and, you know, I guess if, if they get a massive upset and lose to LSU in the SEC championship game next week, maybe they don't get the one seat. They're certainly in, but I don't think that's going to happen, especially with seeing how LSU just played on the road against Texas A&M. They got blown out by Texas A&M, a team that was, you know, one and one and six in the SEC going into that game. So that's a bad loss for LSU. Um, I think maybe something changed in that Texas A&M locker room where the only guys that are left playing on the field, are the guys that, that really want to be there and are bought in. Cause at that point they got nothing to play for. Right. And ultimately they get a major upset over the fifth ranked team in the country, LSU, LSU, I guess if they beat Georgia, they might be in the playoff, but now they're nine and three. Um, and that could be tough. And so um, I don't even know if a win in the SEC championship game gets them to the playoff, to be honest with you, but that would be, I mean, that would just be chaos at that point for the selection committee. If LSU does that, but ultimately I don't think they will. I think Georgia is the odds on favor. They're going to be in that one seed going to the playoff. I think Michigan will beat Purdue and be the two seed, which as a Michigan fan, again, love that at this point, they wouldn't have to face Georgia potentially until the national championship game. Now, not saying that Michigan would just uh, roll over a TCU or a Southern cow or someone like that in that, in that three seed, but certainly a more favorable matchup than Georgia. Um, But man, if it is, let's say the playoff ends up Georgia, Michigan, TCU Southern Cal, what an awesome final four that is, especially with, you know, where everyone in the, in the preseason, most people weren't even picking Georgia. They were all picking Alabama. And so for that to be those four teams that no one was picking them, nobody was picking Michigan. They were all picking Ohio state. Absolutely. No one was picking TCU. Uh, very rare for people to pick Southern Cal or a couple. Um, I said preseason, no big deal. Not tooting my own horn that I thought they could make the playoff um, and go undefeated in, in the pac 12. So, that would just be an awesome final four. Um, and so uh, kind of hoping for that, for that turnout to be quite honest with you. Um, talked about South Carolina. How about uh, the, the Oregon, Oregon state game. If you were staying up late for that one, that was a great game. Uh, Oregon blew it. Oregon had the lead um, on the road in, in Pullman or sorry, not Pullman. Um, that's, that's Washington state. I'm blanking on where uh, Oregon Corvallis, where Oregon state is Corvallis, Oregon. Um you know, Oregon had the lead and then they, they muff a punt late. Um, they basically just gave the game away to, to Oregon state who, who scores 21 points in the fourth quarter uh, and beats Oregon 30, 38, 34, just an incredible, incredible season for, for Oregon state to go nine and three beat their rivals at home. Uh, just a great game overall and a bit of a collapse, unfortunately for Oregon, uh, Tennessee destroys Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. They finished 10 and two. And again, Josh Heupel should be in consideration for coach of the year. Although with those, those two losses, uh, especially that one to, to South Carolina, I'm not sure he gets it. Um, Kansas state, you know, takes care of Kansas. They lock their, their, uh, their spot in for the big 12 championship game. Tyler gets the bet board for that one, by the way, I really wanted, you know, Kansas to hang on there and through three quarters, it actually felt like, Hey, they're going to be able to, to keep this close enough to cover the spread. But 
um, you know, ultimately uh, Kansas State pulled away, did what they had to do. Um, you know, Will Howard, I believe is his name for for uh, for Kansas State. Um, great game for them. Deuce Vaughn had a huge game, 150 yards, 25 carries uh, and a touchdown. And by the way, also had, I think, like 80 receiving yards as well. So um, great season for Kansas State. They finished nine and three. And a chance to uh, to upset TCU and win the Big Twelve. That wouldn't that be nuts? Uh, I still think, with how everything is shaking out, TCU might sneak in, uh, even if they were to lose to Kansas State in a close one. But we'll see. Um, the Apple Cup, uh, Washington demolishes Washington State on the road. Uh, a really, really great season for Kalen DeBoer, the first year head coach at Washington. I mean, Washington was so bad last year with with Jimmy Lake at the helm. They bring in Kalen DeBoer. I believe he came from Friends Fresno. Um, and they go 10 and 2. And frankly, next year they're going to be my, uh, my favorite pick to win the Pac-12 North. Their offense is great. Uh, I think the defense can get a lot better. And, you know, Michael Penix Jr. had almost 500 yards passing for for Washington. So um, really great year for the Huskies. Uh, excited to see some of these bowl matchups, um, honestly. Um, Kentucky gets the uh, the win at home over Louisville. So I don't get the bad port victory for Louisville's uh, full season win total. Uh, but thankfully, Tyler and I both picked Kentucky. Um, but I mean, man, just so many good matchups um, from over the weekend um, in, in this rivalry weekend. You know, I mean, it's one of my favorite weekends in college football. And, you know, obviously I talked about uh, being a Michigan fan, how much fun that was. But you just had so many good matchups. I mean, Arizona, Arizona State was a good game. Uh, Missouri upset Arkansas at home. Um, you know, Nebraska gets gets their last win over Iowa, which, by the way, puts Purdue into the Big Big Ten championship game. Iowa finishes seven and five. And thank God, Iowa did not deserve to be in the Big Ten championship game with the team they had this year. Um, so I'm actually glad that Nebraska was able to do that and ultimately, you know, keep them out. And now we see a team in Purdue who, look, no one in the Big Ten West seemed like they wanted to win that conference anyway. But at least an interesting matchup, I think, with Purdue and Michigan uh, and frankly, one I'll be nervous about. Purdue uh, loves being spoilers. They're the spoiler makers. So, uh, but man, I mean, just so many good matchups this weekend. Uh, West Virginia took down Oklahoma State. Um, you know, you had Coastal Carolina getting blown out by James Madison. Um, like there were just so many good good games. And so, and and to top it all off, now we have the coaching carousel in in full swing. And again, on, on our Wednesday show, we're going to go more in depth with that when when we have Tyler and Smitty on, but. Uh, Wisconsin with a massive hire of Luke Fickle today. Uh, it's not been officially announced, but everyone's saying the deal is done. That is such a massive hire for the Badgers um, because, frankly, Luke Fickle was a guy that was being courted by Notre Dame last year. He's been courted by lots of teams, and and Luke Fickle's been been picky and been turning down a lot of those jobs. And to be honest with you, the Wisconsin coaching job, I wouldn't have guessed he would have picked over some of the others, but he is a Midwest guy obviously played at Ohio state and coached there. Um, I love this because uh, with everything that's happening with Ryan day, I don't think he's, I definitely don't think Ryan day is going to be fired, but part of me was like, maybe Luke fickle is just waiting until that day, you know, comes and he's going to go to Ohio state. But um, for him to take the Wisconsin job, I love it. I love that he's going to the big 10. Um, I think it's, it's an amazing hire for, for Wisconsin. Uh, and that's going to be a big one moving forward. Uh, by the way, I'm sure he still would leave that job for Ohio state should the opportunity arise. So it doesn't totally make me feel great, but um, that, that was a big one. Um, It sounds like our our Arizona state hired the, the young offensive coordinator from Oregon. 
Uh, I'm trying to remember this guy's name on the fly. Unfortunately, I don't have the uh, the help um, with with everyone else in the show with me. But that's a big one. Um, uh, let's see who else do we have here with uh, the coaching carousel because there was more than that. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, oh, Kenny Dillingham is the the offensive coordinator from Oregon uh, that's taking the job at uh, at Arizona State. Matt Rule to Nebraska. That's the other big one. So he gets fired by the Carolina Panthers. This is a, a really nice hire by Nebraska. Now I don't know if he how successful he'll be there. Lincoln is a tough place to recruit to, but if there's one thing we know about Matt Rule, it's that he has done really well in college, especially with programs that are struggling. He did it at Temple. He immediately started to win there. He went to Baylor, immediately started to win there. Um, and if the one thing that Nebraska does have, it's that they're going to have backing from alumni and uh, to make NIL a legit thing. And so if he can get some talent and recruiting there um, and, and assemble a solid staff, I do think that he can be successful there. And so now even though I think the big 10 is probably going to go away from divisions um, having, you know, Nebraska with, with Matt rule and Luke fickle at Wisconsin, um, the big 10 West just got a lot more dangerous. So um, really exciting news. We'll see what happens with, with Auburn. That's kind of the lone big program out there that hasn't hired a new coach yet. Um, and, you know, there were rumors about Hugh freeze. We haven't heard much about that. It's making me think that maybe that's not happening. I don't think that's a great hire if you ask me, but um, who knows what their options are? Obviously, Lane Kiffin getting extended. He's staying in Ole Miss. He's not going anywhere. Count that for a bad board victory for next year, as Tyler and I made that bet last week. Um, and so we'll see where Auburn goes. Um, and now we have Stanford, too. So David Shaw stepped down uh, late last night, uh, resigned after the game. He's been the head coach there now for, I think, 12 years, ever since since Harbaugh left. Um, and, you know, had a really great start. And then recently, the records haven't been great. So that's another position, although not as highly of a sought after coaching position and, and definitely a tough place to win. So the coaching carousel just keeps going. Um, and I don't think it's over yet. Uh, with everything we saw last year with coaches leaving programs we don't expect, would not be surprised to see a big splash by Auburn if they can uh, pull someone away from maybe a school where people don't see it coming. Uh, and then that just keeps the carousel going. So, um, man, what an incredible weekend. Um, you know, uh, looking forward to Wednesday's show. Obviously, we're going to be breaking down all the conference championship games um, and, and going over some of the coaching carousel stuff uh, ahead of bowl season, which is going to be great. So uh, make sure you're tuned in on Wednesday. Uh, by the way, if you do want to help the show, uh, we always promote the same things, right? First of all, bet with betus.com. Use our promo code tailgate. That helps us out. Um, it lets them know that you came from us and that's going to help support the show. The other thing you can do, of course, Tell your friends that are college football fans. If you enjoy the show, um, you know, let them know about it. Tell them about it. Tell them to listen. Uh, give us a rating on Spotify or iTunes. However you're listening, you can go into the show. You can give us, you know, a four-star, a five-star rating. Hey, if you think we suck, give us a two-star rating, whatever. I don't care, but but that that helps the show. Um, and then follow us on social media. Our Twitter is at CFB underscore pod. Uh, and we have an Instagram where we also post some of our picks, and that's college football tailgate. So, uh, make sure you do that, but tune in Wednesday. Uh, the whole gang will be back together and uh, excited to break down some of these conference championship games. So thanks as always for listening. We'll see you next week. 